Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we're hitting you all with United States Women's National Team recap. USA defeat Jamaica 5 zero in this one and you know what despite the scoreline there's a lot of things here to chat about and i'm excited to do that with you lisa but first we gotta let all the good folks joining us in the live know that we are nominated for the best female uh, hosted podcast category in the people's choice podcast awards we appreciate everything that you all do for us and we hope that you enjoy all the work that we do here at attacking third hopefully enough to nominate us to advance to the final round so to nominate attacking third please go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up then toggle on down to the female hosted podcast category the whole process takes less than 60 seconds and we've included the link at the top of the episode description as well if you're joining us live we've got a qr code there that you could take a look and uh, do the nomination process as well you can follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at attacking third and we are available as video so subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third for previews recaps exclusive interviews and of course whenever we go live lisa let's talk about it usa sitting pretty on top of group a Right from from the surface level, um, U.S. top of Group A, they're coming off two clean sheets, two back-to-back wins. Um, but this game was against Jamaica. There is a lot to talk about. It's it's not what I was expecting to get um, uh, from either sides. I mean, even starting with the starting lineups for the U.S., we saw five different player rotations coming in after their first match against Haiti. But um, there's still a lot on the line because as of this recording, we're going right after the U.S. Jamaica match finished. So Mexico and Haiti is coming up later tonight and, and results need to happen there before the U S can clinch, um, a world cup birth. So there's a lot of moving parts still at this point of the recording, but if anyone listens to this as podcasts later tonight, tomorrow, um, we should have more answers or maybe no answers at all. And we have to wait until Monday It's just a lot of pieces up in the air, Sandra. <laughs> That's what happens when you have competitions like this, you know, there's just the whole international, the concept of the international tournament, especially when you've got so much on the line, like world cup qualifying. I mean, there's 
there's always going to be those those elements. But uh, let's let's hop right in. Let's chat a little bit about this victory against Jamaica. Let's maybe let's transition a little bit into this victory against Jamaica because I want to pull us back a little bit, Lisa. I want to pull the audience back a little bit. We did the preview for USA versus Jamaica. We were joined by the great Jordan Angeli, who's going to be on the call tonight. Make sure you all listen to her in Mexico versus Haiti. Uh, but we made a couple predictions and they weren't any type of like big blowout scoreline. So just really quickly, I'll, I'll go first. You can go next. We'll remind the folks where we were at. I had this as a two, one in this one. You, I think I had three, one, honestly, I, I don't even remember. One. <laughs> yeah. I think it was three, one that I know it was just like two days ago or yesterday, but it feels like forever ago. I agree. I mean, we both had, we had Jamaica scoring a goal in this game. I mean, going off of how Jamaica played against Mexico and how they were able to get that opening CONCACAF W championship win. Um, even though it was a narrow one nil scoreline, Jamaica had a lot of opportunities in that match against Mexico. And, and one of the greatest game plans that Jamaica had is that they bypassed Mexico's midfield. They didn't play around with it in the back line. They also didn't get exposed that frequently against Mexico. Yeah. Um, so coming into this match, we, we thought that Jamaica would get on the board, not by any means. And, and at least for me, because of lack of defense from the United States or lack of goalkeeping or an error in that sense, more just the attacking presence that Jamaica has that we've seen, the fact that they've got Bunny Shaw on their front line. And if if they were to get a set-piece opportunity, say within 40 yards of the goal, that would be a really good look to find Shaw's head and, and find the back of the net. And well, we didn't see any of that. I think um, Alyssa Nair was tested in the final five minutes of this match. She touched the ball for the first time with her hands, and it was a shot right at her. So expected goals for Jamaica, zero in this match um, when we both had predicted at least one for them. Yeah, it's a it's it's a real tale of not even halves. It's a real tale of like level of competition. I think in this in this one, we just you know we saw this Jamaica side just look kind of really fatigued towards yes. the end of this game. And when you're looking at the scoreline, you see, whoa, 5-0 automatically. But in between the lines and on the pitch of the game, we're talking one of these opportunities was a converted penalty kick and the other one a late game goal. And both of these, those two later goals coming past the 80th minute in this match. So mm -hmm. just, so again, another game with some long uh, stretches here that we're going to take, uh, take a look at. But maybe let's start with the starting lineup in this game. Lisa, we can do first reactions on that. Alyssa Nair back in net. For the United States, Ashley Sanchez, Alana Cook, Ashley Hatch, Sofia Huerta, Mallory Pugh, Lindsay Horan, Sofia Smith, Naomi Gurma, Roosevelt, and Emily Fox all getting tagged with the starts tonight. Anything ultra surprising in this one for you? Um, not not too too crazy. Uh, maybe not having Andy Sullivan in that midfield uh, for this lineup was a little bit surprising for me just to have Rose Lavelle, uh, Lindsay Horan, and then Ashley Sanchez in there. I mean, just to see Horan in that sixth role, which I'm not at all surprised by that, right? We knew we were going to see player rotation there. Um, but the back line to see Naomi Gurma and Alana Cook, along with Fox and Sofia Huerta, it was full rotation in that back line. And I really like that aside from Cook, right? So this is that back line, I think um, they were talking about it on the broadcast a, a number of times, total of 47 caps 
between that back four, which is like a fraction of what Becky Sauerbrunn has in her entire career. So a lot of youth on that back line, but it was also coupled with Alyssa Nair, who's had loads of qualifying and international experience. Um, so that balance, I really was happy to see from Black Wendonowski because he realizes that he needs to get different players minutes and different players rotation. Uh, I was not at all surprised to see that Mallory Pugh and Sophia Smith were also starting in the front line and then Ashley Hatch as well um, because that was Hatch and, and Morgan were the two players that he was deciding between to start alongside Pugh and Smith. So not not too many surprises there um, in terms of the front line. No, no, no. I, I think, you know, we had seen sort of out of ma- like media availability that, you know, Andonowski have confirmed that Alyssa Nair was, was going to get the start mm-hmm. goal for, for this match, sort of citing um, Casey Murphy getting tagged with that first start against Haiti as, as a bit of experience that he wanted this goalkeeper to get during this tournament specifically, sort of learning from the Olympics a little bit, saying you never know what's going to happen. And if you've got one, two, and three going into this tournament. You want to make sure that they are still prepared going forward. So there was a little confirmation there, but we had wondered if we were going to see Alex Morgan in this game at all. We we thought if she does go, maybe it'll be for a 45. Mm-hmm. And which 45 is it going to be? Will it be the first or the second? And uh, we wanted to see the player rotation. You know, it's it's a tournament. You're going to have games, uh, quick turnarounds and short rest in between. But from the switch in keeper uh, all the way across through that back line. I was thrilled. I, I, when I saw the starting lineup drop and I saw who the back five there were going to be, I was absolutely thrilled. Uh, great to see Guillermo get tagged with the start alongside Alana cook, Emily Fox and Sophia Huerta working the flanks there. I don't know, a little bit of perhaps some foreshadowing here, like a, a, a back four here that we could continue to see, for this national team uh, moving forward, perhaps. I'm, I'm sure yeah. players like Abby Dahlkemper and Tierna Davidson will have their, their say in that as well as they work back from, from injury. But for right now and in the present lens, I'm loving what we're seeing from, from this back line, especially out of this game. I agree. I think it's a tremendous back line. I mean, Naomi Gurma is a rookie in the NWSL with San Diego this year, but she is a player that has just done so well and grown each game. I, I think she should be tasked with a start in the, in this U S back line consistently. Um, honestly, a fight between, I know Becky Sauerbrunn still has that center back lockdown role, but between a Gurma and an Alana cook in that battle, I think Gurma is a little bit more stable in that role. Now they play differently, right? Gurma is, is very good positionally. She can read the game so well and, and pick off balls incredibly well. And Alana cook played more of that, uh, break the lines with a pass type of play to, night in that back line. But then when you have outside backs in Emily Fox and Sofia Huerta, that's what you need from a player like Cook. And that's also what you need from a player like Gurma, that balance to one, be on the more attacking end of it to distribute the ball and sit higher almost alongside Haran in that midfield. And then Gurma sitting back and, and being that defensive lock in the back line. Um, but yeah, I love this back line. I see it going places in the future. I mean, we saw it going places immediately in this game, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly. It took 
five minutes uh, for for uh, for the Jamaicans to sort of feel the impact of the switch and in having a, a Guillermo slotted in or having a Huerta slotted in. And credit to the reggae girls. Uh, I mean, yeah, it took five minutes for things to get uh, flipped around, but a couple of good chances for them very early on. Trudy Carter making an impact, winning a free kick. But it that was all quickly evaporated. Any momentum that could have been sustained by those very early occasions in the first and third minute wiped away by back-to-back goals by Sophia Smith in this game. We're talking fifth minute. Naomi Girma linking up with her former Stanford teammate to break through on net. You can see it here. Got highlights for you on attacking third if you missed it. But just... A clinical finish here for Sophia Smith, just making it look easy. That's the other thing I think for me, Lisa, about the some of these goals that we saw from today. It's like, sure, a balloon scoreline. Okay, people love to see that. Yeah. Rooting interest in the United States. But the way in which these goals sort of came to life are what I'm looking at. So being able to see the rotation within that back line and these first two goals by Smith, be fed to her by by Huerta, by Girma. Seeing this finish on the first one, really, really good stuff today. I mean, this uh, first goal from Sophia Smith was so good. The, the way that she was able to take this touch and ultimately <laughs> go around the defender and then curl it towards the back post, it was truly, truly tremendous to see. And then it's three minutes later and... Smith gets another one on this goal, which is incredible to see the back-to-back brace from Sophia Smith and just attacking that right flank for the U.S. I think that's one thing that um, this maybe younger starting lineup for the United States did so well, especially in the first 10 minutes of this match, is evaluate where the spaces were on the pitch, uh, understand where Jamaica was giving um, their team and, and giving it space and then being able to exploit that and then do it efficiently, right? We saw Smith go down the right side. It was a long diagonal ball for the first goal. Then she cuts in and it's nearly identical as she just attacks the space on the right flank. She knows she can get in behind and Jamaica plays this really high line and Smith knows that she can run and get in behind on that one. And she does that. She plays to her strengths and she gets this ball in there. Um, that's what really impressed me that despite the youth, despite maybe the inexperience at playing in qualifiers, that this team can still do that so, so effectively and, and do it in the first 10 minutes of a match. A three minute brace for Sophia Smith. Uh, Quite a, quite the impressive start for her against Jamaica. Something else I think we were keeping an eye on in this one, Lisa, we, we talked about this this frontline trio a little bit coming out of these games, the, these final prep games against Colombia that they just had before they came to Mexico for the CONCACAF championship. Seeing the start with, with Hatch, with Smith, with Pew, it just felt a little bit different in this one mm-hmm. without Alex Morgan. Just sort of felt like Pew and Smith were being given a little bit more trust to go ahead and do what they can do on the ball, inside the box. And uh, something else we were taking note of was maybe perhaps a little bit of the timing was off between this particular uh, front trio and uh, if we were going to see that come into play a little bit. And I think there were moments, obviously, throughout this game where we did see that uh, trying to build on this these two goals that Sophia Smith stacked up and then we have a goal called back, you know, ruled off for, from, from Ashley Hatch. Uh, so there was a couple moments here where we, we had to take a look and say, well, is that still like a thing here for this particular personnel in front? 
Yeah, two goals called back for the United States. 11th minute, Ashley Hatch, um, she was called offside. I honestly do not think so. Um, I think that she was on in this one, but um, they talked about how there is VAR for this tournament, but there's no um, offside line visibility that comes up. And in that case, it usually gives the advantage to whatever the play was on the pitch at the time. Also, um, another goal was called back for the U.S. in the 26th minute. So this is even before the 30-minute mark, and the U.S. could have potentially been up 4-0 at this point. And, and that's not what happened, because I think we have to give a lot of credit to Rebecca Spencer, Jamaica goalkeeper, who had a, a very good game despite the scoreline, right? Despite 5-0 um, against Jamaica, it Spencer had a really good game in goal. She came up big with a number of saves. She was able to make some stops. And and despite uh, maybe a bit of disorganization in Jamaica's back line, it was still two opportunities for the U.S. called offside. And, and you could tell that Ashley Hatch wanted a goal so, so yeah. bad. And, and she wanted it. She even had that great volley um, that went just off the post. There, there were so many different opportunities, but there it was almost like a bit of – um, miscommunication on that front line in terms of the movements that they were making and how they were able to run through and rotate through that. And I think a lot of credit goes to Rose Lavelle for being one of the players to help pull the strings and help dictate where those spaces were and where players could fall into because she was popping into the spaces that weren't open. Um, but in, in a game like this, I also saw so often that when the outside backs, specifically Sofia Huerta, were getting on the ball and just looking to cross it in, there there was a lot of stagnant U.S. players just sitting on Jamaica's back line. Not a lot of movements, not popping into that space. And when players like Haran, Gurma, Cook, Huerta, Fox have so much time on the ball, they need players to be popping in and out of those spaces, moving in front of them to just pull Jamaica's defense out. That way they don't have so much time to just sit and think with the ball. That's one of my biggest critiques of this game is more movement in U.S.'s front line. You know, is is what was interesting to me or what's what stood out, stood out a little bit is that I thought Jamaica had a very good defensive performance against mm -hmm. Mexico in that first match, especially locking it in um, towards the the later stages of the game where they were trying to hang on to that that one zero win. And obviously, I think one of the biggest differences that we could see on the pitch between a team like Mexico or a team like the United States is a team like the United States will find a way to finish against you. So we did see these moments, despite the very good uh, defensive organization there that there were moments in that first game Jamaica had against Mexico where there was space. And so here we are in this, this game against the, with the United States against Jamaica, and they were absolutely finding the space uh, behind that line and finding the, the space behind that line ultimately led to, to their goal. So, I mean, it's, it's something to pay attention to. I think maybe going into this next match uh, against uh, Mexico that the United States will have against Mexico. But uh, again, I think it really did start with, with this rotation in the back for this team. I mean, when we're just looking at touches, we're talking a lot about Guillermo. We're talking a lot about Cook. We're talking a lot about Huerta. Guess who's top three in touches out of this game? It's those three players. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just something that I am just going to keep like we're all going to keep our eye on a little bit. I think even going into this last match, because after after this game, they this team is obviously sitting pretty in the group A standings right now with the two wins. But just um, 
I think you and I both were just kind of like, well, we were looking to maybe see on the Jamaica side of things uh, if they were going to build off of, you know, that win yeah. against, uh, against Mexico. And it's just two different beasts. Like you're just talking about two different, two completely different programs in terms of, you know, their ability on the pitch, especially within a tournament like this, despite even having players on the United States side that are still technically getting their first taste of this sort of yes. highly competitive international tournament. And with Jamaica, they it, it, they looked tired, right? This is a really quick turnaround to have Monday games, Thursday games. I think it was like over 100 degrees earlier today. In yeah, Mexico the hydration at, breaks. At yeah. like 6 p.m. So an hour before kickoff, it's incredibly hot. The humidity is incredibly high. And, and a Jamaican side that only used three substitutes on Monday coming into this match, we saw Vlako Andonofsky already putting in five-player rotation. We didn't see any Kelly O'Hara tonight in this match. We saw no minutes from Alex Morgan. Uh, Casey Murphy got a full rest. There was a lot of players that got full rest um, because of that. And I think seeing uh, players like Sophia Smith come out at halftime, Emily Fox being rotated out as well at halftime is a, a foreshadowing to what Vlako Andonofsky wants from those players come the rest of the tournament. Once the United States gets out of the group stage is having that player rotation and having that deep bench. And unfortunately, Jamaica doesn't have that luxury. So they were they were getting tired and they did. It, it is hot out there and they weren't able to keep up with the U S. Um, but I, I think I was expecting a little bit more from Jamaica's game plan, whether they sat back, whether they played those long balls over the top and looked to bypass us midfield. And they didn't do that. They tried to play out of the back and against a United States high press. Um, it's very hard to beat a front three that's pressing you when it's Mallory Pugh, Ashley Hatch, Sophia Smith with organization underneath from players like Ashley Sanchez, Rose Lavelle and Lindsay Horan. It's incredibly difficult to do well I mean we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hang on and sort of keep that in the front of our minds here because when the clock starts ticking inching a little bit a little bit closer into halftime it's a it's a manageable game I think at this point as this team heads in to the second half so I think we're gonna have to we obviously have more goals to talk about but I think we need to talk a little bit about uh Jamaica and sort of uh their second half performance as well so everybody stay tuned we're gonna recap the second half for you all after a quick break Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need Robert Half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, all right, all right. We're back from our break, hydrated and ready to talk about the second half. Uh, no surprise, maybe here 
uh, more adjustments were made in the second half. We saw some halftime subs uh, be made. Uh, maybe a little surprise for one of them. Purse in for Smith, I think, is a like-for-like like adjustment that you can make in a game like this. So it was good to see uh, Mitch Purse get on back out to the pitch coming in for Sophia Smith. But we saw Emily Sonnet sub yeah. in. Uh, or uh, for Emily Fox. So I, I want to get your thoughts on maybe, you know, seeing these two players coming on in the pitch. I was very surprised to see Emily Sonnet coming in for especially a player like Emily Fox. Um, as Emily Fox has solidified herself in that left back role, she is the go-to for Vlaco for the United States. And she has done a tremendous job in that role. Whereas we usually see that rotation for Sonnet in the right back, um, depending on who's coming in and rotating through there. And we talked about if Emily Sonnet was going to see minutes in this game and if we would see her and perhaps where we would see her because with club, she plays in the center back and Andonovsky doesn't prefer to play Sonnet in the center back. He prefers her on the wings and in the outside role. Um, so this, this substitute was a little bit jarring for me at first. However, I did think about um, this is still a long tournament and, and being up to nil at this point and understanding the flow of the game and how much that, um, the United States had momentum and is going to continue to find those spaces and open up against this Jamaican side heading into the halftime. You want to reserve a player like Fox for when you get out of the group stages when it, because it is hot and these are quick turnarounds yeah. and she is your go-to left back. And he talked so much about um, that's why we saw a rotation from Casey Murphy, because he talked so much about in Tokyo, how when Alyssa Nair got hurt, he didn't have anyone else to step in there that had experience. And he wants multiple players to get experience. And if something were to happen at that left back position, he needs someone else that can slot in there that has minutes playing in that role. Now, the substitute, uh, Margaret Purse coming in for Sophia Smith, as you mentioned, like for like, we talked about it in the preview of this match. Smith dealing with a bit of a knock, although Andonovsky says she is 100%. She looked much better tonight than she did on Monday against Haiti. Um, but a like for like switch and, and understandably wanting to reserve a player that is maybe 80%, despite a coach saying 100%, is dealing with something yeah. and quick turnarounds and recovery. And you want Smith for the long run, right? You don't want to burn her out um, in any means. So I was happy to see that rotation. I was looking for Trinity Rodman at the, know, at the 45 minute mark. I was. I, hear I, don't know why. I was like scouring well, the sidelines. Where is she? Well, in the preview, I was like, is this going to be like the Washington Spirit game where we start to see more of the, the Washington uh, Spirit players? And we did see a good, a good chunk of them uh, within this match. But watching those coming right out of the second half, I thought, you know, purse like for like, I, I thought good player to bring on probably going to force a goal in, in, in some type of manner. She's quite good at that. Uh, Sonnet in for Fox. I, you know, it's obviously a choice, but I think it's also a choice out of necessity. Quite frankly, this, these are the 23 players yeah. that got taken to this, this tournament. So while maybe you would like to see uh, some, we'd like to maybe see someone like a Fox go 90 every single game. The, the rest is short in between these, in between these matches. So I think it was just, you know, like I said, out of, out of necessity uh, yeah. in, in that one. But I think making these two adjustments kind of resets the tone, doesn't set the tone. It resets the tone a little bit because I think there's a concept there where it's like, okay, we're going to 
we have our game plan in place. We're going to keep uh, keep going here and sort of work through it. But we did eventually see uh, some more subs coming down the line. And we'll get to those right now. But Lisa, I, I actually want to say hello to everybody again in the chat, just in case you came back to join us after the break that we took. We talked about the first half. We're chatting about the second half now. And I want to let you know, if you're just here in the live chat with us, that we're nominated for the Best Female Hosted Podcast category in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So uh, if you get the chance, if you appreciate all the work that we do here, all the constant episodes that we're putting out, all the lives that we hop on here for, uh, if you enjoy the work, we hope you enjoyed enough to nominate us to advance to the final round. So to nominate Attacking Third, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. And then you can toggle on down to the Female Hosted Podcast category. And the whole process takes about 60 seconds. And we've gone ahead and included a link at the top of the episode description. And if you're in the live, we have a QR code right now that you can go ahead, scan, go ahead and get your vote on for us. We'd really, really appreciate it. But more goals came in the second half. Lisa, we got to talk about it. More goals, more substitutions, uh, of course, uh, in this one as well. Uh, but we eventually did see Christy Mewis come into this game again i think we're talking about like for like types of of substitutions uh we did get to see purse continue to sort of develop i think a little bit in front of us during a tournament like this i think we talk I a lot about I, I think we talk a lot about players under and this sort of andonovsky era uh and in 2022 i think purse has maybe kind of fallen a little bit back in terms of the 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 forward pool of this team. Um, but going into this tournament, as Andonovsky has repeatedly said, things like players like dealing with injury, players, you know, out on maternity leave, those things have sort of helped shape this roster. And I think if you see the four core in front of you, we've seen what Sophia Smith can do. We've seen what Mallory Pugh has been capable of. These are two particular players who have gotten off to like ridiculous starts in 2022. And I think if you're looking at Alex Morgan, you would include her as well for what she's yeah. been doing in club, but where oftentimes there are those moments, whether it's injury, injury, maternity leave, et cetera, there are opportunities here. So we see Margaret Purse getting this start or excuse me, getting this start in the second half anyway, sub substituting in. And then people maybe wonder like, well, why not somebody like a Trinity Rodman? But we ended up getting to see her debut in this international tournament as well. Yes, we got to see Purse come in in that rotation. She took out Smith. Um, and then we got to see the partnership budding between Sofia Huerta on that right side and Midge Purse in that front line. And, and that's something that I was focused in on. How did they play well together? Because Purse is a player that likes to occupy the flank. And she likes to take uh, defenders on 1v1, starting from a wide area, going towards that near post, get end line, um, cross it in. And to have a player that prefers to be in the width as someone like Sofia Smith, who likes to cut in, who likes to receive the ball in behind, um, going alongside someone like Sofia Huerta, how did they clash in that outside space? And honestly, I think the balance there was pretty good because they had um, a, a good communication and good creativity between Purse and Huerta in that back line. And then we did see Trinity Rodman come in. I was very excited to see her uh, get a few minutes. She subs on for her club teammate Ashley Hatch, which was a bit surprising to see Rodman go into that central role. But alongside someone like Mallory Pugh and Margaret Purse in that front line, 
I'm not entirely sure who else would go into that central striker role if it's not Alex Morgan or Ashley Hatch. So the fact that we got to see a taste of Rodman in that number nine striker, which is clearly something that her and Vlaco have been talking about and they've been working on in training because he realizes that that central striker, that number nine role, there's not that much depth there, right? It, it's Alex Morgan. It's Ashley Hatch. So yeah, let's throw Trinity Rodman in there as a, as a young player who's getting her first handful of caps with this team. You can try to mold her into something else that can be in there and play to her strengths. Um, there were moments when I was, I could tell she just wanted to like get out wide, find that space in the width because that's what she loves to do. And that's where all the space was on the field, on the flanks. But she did do a nice job of checking back for the ball, looking to collect it and, and play it in behind. And ultimately she's rewarded towards the end of this game with the fifth goal on the night for the United States, which um, that's huge, right? Like first minutes in a qualifying match, she gets her second goal in the red, white, and blue. It's, it was well-deserved from Trinity Rodman. And although it's, she's young and although maybe Vlaco wouldn't have brought her if there was a lot of other people healthy, it's good that he's utilizing her while she's there and getting her minutes on the pitch. I'm going to ask you something, Lisa, because we talked about this scoreline and how it ballooned up really late in the game. And coming out of halftime, 2-0, right? It's still a manageable game. Mm -hmm. uh, but we see something happen just before the hour mark, and that's the United States Women's National Team. They finally find the opportunity to extend the scoreline once more. So we see this, this buildup from Ashley Sanchez whips this ball in, and it just sort of sails through everyone until it kind of just lands to Lavelle. I would love for you to put on your defender cap for me right now because I, I just was like, there's so much space here. Let's talk about it. There is so much space on this play. And and you have to give credit to the front runners because um, as this ball comes in to Ashley Hatch, who's on the far side of the field, and she gets the ball, there isn't that much space for her, right? She's got defenders on her. But yeah. if you look, we're actually playing it right now on the field. You can see that there's a near runner, and then there's two players on the back post, one of those being Ashley Hatch. And she makes that near post run, which opens up so much space in behind for Rose Lavelle on the late run. I mean, the United States were just finding the pockets of space and occupying them. And, and, and it's a beautiful, beautiful finish from Rose Lavelle, but um, it's Hatch that actually draws the center backs out of position because both the Swaby sisters, the center backs for Jamaica, are sliding towards that near post. That's where the cross is coming in. There's also a late runner coming right to the penalty spot. So in that type of movement, both those center backs have to be lifting and, and kind of being pulled towards that near post. But the late run from Lavelle is just beautiful because the, the far side of the field is wide open. Jamaica had a lot of trouble, um, getting shifted defensively from one side to the other. And when Ashley Sanchez, who is that central midfielder, pulls out wide, that causes uh, Jamaica's like defensive midfielders, stoppers to pull out wide as well, which shifts over the entire defensive unit for Jamaica. I mean, it was a beautiful USA goal. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I've, you know, I was enjoying sort of just watching the different type of energy that, the front line had compared to that first game. I think when we look back or think back to Haiti, it was, you know, Alex Morgan's return to, uh, you know, a high international, you know, competitive tournament. This is the world cup qualifiers. There are things like the 2024 Olympic 
games on the line, mm-hmm. the 2024 Gold Cup as well. So you are like sort of this this big return that that's happening. We saw her kind of really get targeted in that game. And within this match, that wasn't necessarily the same game plan. Was there a target for it? Yes, sure. Was had, yeah. uh, you know, helpful in sort of opening up spaces and drawing off defenders. Yeah. We just, we saw it specifically, I think on that Rose Lavelle goal more than any other goals, but still a lot of opportunities here for, for this, uh, a lot of freedom for, for the trio here t- tonight. And I think even with sort of bringing on a player like purse, Mm-hmm. Or Smith, uh, bringing Hatch off as well. I think you still saw that in in this game down the stretch. Now, uh, will they keep that going? Will they keep this energy going in this final group stage match? Will they keep it going potentially within the knockout rounds? I, I don't know. Do they switch it up if Morgan comes back? Do they switch it up if you have somebody like a Megan Rapino back and available on the bench because she was unavailable yeah. in this game off uh, receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom? So does that change a little bit with those veterans sort of kind of back in the mix? I, I think that it's a really good problem for Vlako Andonovsky to have, right? If he can find this balance and and if Alex Morgan continues to play well and put up goals, right? She had the brace in the first match for the United States, played 90 plus minutes. So it's fitting that she didn't get time tonight as a, a form of rest for her. But if she's in form, keep her in form, keep her playing, see how she rotates through with players like Purse in the front line, maybe a Rodman and, and Alex Morgan up there together. Um, but but a, a number of players that got 90 minutes tonight, Mallory Pugh, uh, back-to-back 90s for yeah. her. I'm pretty impressive to see. I was actually pretty surprised to see that as well. But Ashley Sanchez, she got the start tonight in the midfield for the U.S. and, and played a full 90, ends up getting the beautiful assist on that Rose Lavelle gold to make it 3 nothing for the United States. And it, Ashley Sanchez played very well. I was very impressed with what I saw from her. I was very impressed with how she combines with Lavelle in the midfield. I love that duo of those two. I really do love it. And if Haran has to slot back into that defensive six role, I think that is the best pairing to put in that eight and 10 attacking midfield role. If it's Ashley Sanchez and Rose Lavelle. Um, I really am impressed with Ashley Sanchez, her work rate on and off the ball, her ability to combine, uh, pop into those wide spaces, read the game really well, sit between the lines, get on the half space and, and pick up the ball, turn and go. It's, it is beautiful to see. And they look like they're having fun as well when they play together because they're similar, Lavelle and Sanchez, and they like to get on the ball. They like to run and they like to be that creative playmaker. Um, which is a really fun balance to watch. Closing out a little bit on uh, on the reggae girls, they they have a game left uh, in this group stage as well. They uh, are currently sitting second because the other game hasn't kicked off quite yet. Uh, but I, I think we sort of saw a little bit, maybe you don't want to call it a concession, but a little bit of game planning, you know, looking at the match ahead of them. Uh, we saw, you know, uh, Bunny Shaw come off and get subbed out after X amount of minutes. We same we didn't see Drew Spence get the start uh, in this one, you know. So I, I'm wondering if maybe there's just a little bit of, of game planning looking ahead to uh, that final match uh, in the group stage uh, for them. I think maybe we were hopeful that we would have seen you know a Drew Spence sort of have a little bit more of a big a bigger impact or a bigger role, but it was tough to to see that because she only had 
about under a half hour of time uh, to do that. Uh, Trudy Carter as well. I think with that really, really quick start, I thought, okay, like maybe there's going to be something, you know, special knowing that like Bunny Shaw was probably going to be, you know, double teamed, multi-teamed, yeah. you know, was this going to be like the, the Jody Brown kind of breakout, uh, breakout game. Um, so I'm curious to see their bounce back uh, out of this game uh, as well. So uh, group A is uh, turning out to be, I think a lot more interesting than people yeah. uh, may have anticipated for sure. I think with just the two groups, I know we talked a lot about that. Like, can you really point out and say, is there a group of death? And we were, on here like yes you can and it's group a let's tell you why it's because of teams like jamaica it's because of teams like haiti it's because of teams like mexico so with that we're gonna let everybody go because we know that everybody's invested in this tournament there's going to be another game that's going to be kicking off shortly it's going to be uh tournament host mexico taking on haiti so make sure you get a chance to sit down and pull up your paramount plus and tune in to that game to see how the rest of group a shakes out after listen, listen to jordan angeli listen to jordan angeli She's like us. She had the prediction. She wanted to see a certain type of stuff, yeah. a type of play from, from Jamaica, but it just didn't happen uh, tonight. But that doesn't mean we're not going to see it happen again. Still one more match for them. Thanks, everybody, for, for joining us. As always, we love it so much whenever you come on board with us and go live with us and interact with us here at Attacking Third. Thanks for nominating us for Best Female Hosted Podcast. You can vote for Attacking Third at podcastawards.com. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows we're also available as video hit subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third and we'll be back covering the CONCACAF w championship in-depth all tournament long with in-depth previews and live united states women's national team recaps for sandra and lisa roman this was attacking third